Hey there, I'm Donnie Spano, and I welcome you to Faith for Today. And I'm so thankful that together we're going to see what God has for us. We've been looking at great grace. Go ahead and get your Bible out. Let's go ahead and look together. And I appreciate your faith working together with me. And I uh, have my faith working together with you. That we will um, both speak and hear well. That God, He's gracious and good. And He's given us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts and minds that are ready and receptive to receive His will and His way. And um, as we go out from here, believing that by His grace, we won't just hear these things, but we'll do them. And as the Scripture said, we'll be blessed in what we do as we go out from here and do that. So now, let's look together at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians 6, 1-4. through 4. And you'll find that what we were just mentioning, being a doer of the word, Jesus said that, you know, if we would do what he told us to do, if we would keep his commandments, we'd be like those who built our house on the rock. And when the uh, storms and things of the earth came against, notice they were going to come against irregardless. But those who had done what he showed, those who had lived according to his commandments, they were on rock, untouched and unaffected by what devastated others. And that's us, doers of the Word. Now here in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 1 through 4, we're going to find about this great grace. And it says here, Paul, by the Spirit of God, said, We then, as workers together with Him. Now this is workers together with God. This is why this is so imperative. One of the things that God over the course of these days has ministered to my heart, He said that He has made His people rich. You'll find this in Romans 10. The Scriptures say that, that He is rich toward all that call upon Him. And He has already done this. If we will simply call upon Him, seek Him today, ask after Him, take some time and want Him in our lives, then He will enrich our lives. He's already set that in motion. And so the thought was that he was conveying to me is that he's made his people rich, but many are living in a poor way. And this is one of the ways that professed Christians can live in a poor way, is that God has made us rich in his grace. He has graciously given of his good way and ability, and we act like we don't have it. That's living in a poor way. And yet the riches are there. We've received the grace. He's given the grace. The issue is not on His end. But whether you and I live an enriched way of life is not just up to God. But there's consequences. Because you and I are to be workers together with Him. And it's like this. It's Say you and what whatever business you're doing, whatever work you're doing, and say you got so much extra work next week that you had to hire someone to help you. And you hire them and they need tools for the job, right? There's certain things that they need, certain clothing, certain instruments. And so you made provision for that and you gave it to them. And they come up the next week and they don't have any of their equipment. They don't have any of their clothing. They don't have anything that you provided. And you're thinking to yourself, what is going on? You're supposed to help me out. I gave you those things for a purpose. 
You were supposed to use those things. You were supposed to wear that clothing. That was not just because if you wanted to, that was for a purpose. Why didn't you use what I gave you? And this is what God's doing. He has given of His grace. He's given it. And many Christians, I sense He's doing this. I sense He's looking at us going, Why aren't you using what I gave you? Why? <laughs> Put it to use. Put it to work. And let's look at it. We then as workers together with Him beseech you. This is like an urgence, a pleading with one beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So the issue is not whether God gave the grace, and the issue is not the measure He gave it, because He has abundantly, richly, graciously given. He has abundantly given of His grace. Those who are believers have received this grace, but many have received it to no use. And so he continues and says, For he says, I have heard you in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. And he continues along this line. And, um, yes, sir, just endeavoring that I don't miss anything and keep you. He goes on in the 11th verse and says, Oh, you Corinthians, our mouth is open to you. Our heart is enlarged. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as to my children, be you also enlarged. This word straightened means narrowed. He was telling them, he said, listen, our mouth is open to you. Our heart is enlarged. So Paul's saying, I've received the grace of God to use, not in vain. But you have received it in such a way where it's not working in your life. You're living in a narrow way, he's telling them. You are straightened. He said, you're not narrow inside because of us. You're narrowed inside because of yourself. And now he's saying, listen, I'm praying this. Uh, be you enlarged. Enlarge yourself. Allow yourself to be enlarged. See, it's not up to God whether you and I receive and use what he's given. And this is when it comes to this great grace in our lives. It's supposed to be the characteristic of the church that it's a witness to the world. It enables us to reach the lost. It enables us to teach believers. It enables us to do the work of God by His ability and at the standard of His excellence. It can't be done that way by flesh. It can only be done by the Spirit of God and by His empowering ability. And so, if here we are having that ability and not using it, we're not very good workers together with Him. And we're going to be missing out on some things. And we're going to be narrow and small inside. But He's telling us it's as simple as 
willingness to open oneself up and refuse to be small inside. Refuse right now to be small any longer. Cause yourself, make a determination right now. God, I open myself wide as much as you want to use me. Here I am. I'm not going to waste what you've given. I'm going to put it to good use. I make myself available to you. I enlarge my heart. I enlarge myself. And you, what this is doing is giving God his place. And the reason why they were small on the inside is because that's all of the God they wanted in their life. And that's why you and I, it's up to our choice on how great of workers together we'll be with God. Because many that profess they're Christians, they're like the Christ, they want just as much of God to get to heaven and live with Him for eternity, and they'll just put up with anything up until that point. So how great of workers are they going to be for God in this life? Not good at all. Because they want just that much of God. They just want a small part with God. And the only way that we're going to live a richer way of life is if we want more of the rich one. You want to live an enriched life? Get God who is the rich one. Have as much of Him as you can. Enter in. Get more of Him. This is the key to living a gracious way of life. And so, thank you, Father. Let's look together in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Thank you, Father. And we've gone to length to talk about the ways in which God has abundantly graced us. And so go ahead, um, make use of those ministries. They're free to you. Um, put, them, put them to use. And here, again, we're, we're in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. And it says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, Paul is saying by the Spirit of God, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I but the grace of God which was with me. You want to find yourself, go out beyond you ever have? Then couple yourself together. Trust in God's ability on your life and work together with Him. And you'll find as you enter in and just start going after it, like you're going to do it, there's empowerment that comes over you and you start realizing, hold on, this is beyond me. This is more than me. That's how it's supposed to be for the Christian. Great grace is on us. From the start, it's been on us all. Now let's go together to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 7. Today we're going to look at God's great grace in the form of His love. Verse 7 says in 2 Corinthians 8, Therefore, as you abound in everything. So God is expecting that we not just have a little bit of these graces working in our life, but that it is overflowing 
that there's more than enough of every part of this, not just there, but working. As you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Notice it's in your love to us. We are called as Christians, first and foremost, to love the brethren. Love those who are in the church, in the family of God. We then love our neighbors as ourselves. But first and foremost, the call and the directive is to love the church. They are our family. They are, we are one flock. We are one body. And we're called to love for the brethren. And the grace of God on us is not to love. It's in love to us. You see, there are going to be many people in this world that are going to try and change God's parameters and change the standards. And we need to ensure that we're going scripturally. And as the Spirit of God leads us, you see... I'm not graced to just love everybody in the same exact way. I am graced to love the church first and foremost. And then I'm graced to love my neighbor as myself and love the world outside of that. But you see, this world will try and get you to just bring it all together, mesh it all together, and take it outside of God's directive. It will not work. We're not graced to do it anyway. We're graced to do it God's way. And so here we find that this love is God's grace. Now let's look together in 1 Thessalonians 3. Now, God's given us of Himself. If we were to look at 1 John, we'll find that God is love. So when, when He graciously gives of love, and as we abound in love to the brethren, then we, yes sir, we are growing more and more in godliness. Growing more and more into the image of God Himself. Let's look here in, in verse 12. And, and the reason I say this is because we want, to, we want to keep in mind that we have not arrived. That there is more love that we can enter into, that we can abound in this grace to love. And I've seen it. I've seen it where people were so hard and so harsh, and I didn't even realize it. But as we started entering in, there was something that came over me. And I found it surprisingly easy to love. Surprisingly easy. In fact, and I, I know elders of ours, that they talked about a time frame where they, the Lord showed His love for another individual. And it, they said that the love of God came on them. And they said that for lack of any better phrase or way that they could term it, they said they just felt in this place they just never wanted to leave. They sensed this tangible love that God had for this other, other individual and that they had for them. And they, they thought... This is the best place you could ever be. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. He said, the Lord Jesus, 
presented himself to him. He said that people would ask him what stood out to him the most about Jesus and about what he saw. He said it was his eyes. He said his eyes, he said you could look at them, you could look in them, and it was like, he said it was like looking into uh, wells of living love. I mean, you could just get captivated, for lack of, lack of a better phrase. It was this love that was God. You could look in Jesus' eyes and you'd see God. You'd see love. You ever done that? You ever just now nowadays we're we're masked up everywhere we go. You couldn't tell. You could see it in people's eyes. In fact, we were we were getting uh, some food the other week. We were at a restaurant. <laughs> Had a great waitress, wonderful young lady, and she did an excellent job. And she thanked us by the end of our time there. She said, "You guys have been the greatest." <laughs> they were busy that morning. And she said, you guys just, and I, I was actually surprised because I thought she's doing an excellent job. I thought there's no reason why anyone should complain or be unthankful. She was just top notch, just great. And so, but why, why do I say this? We had our mask on, she had her mask on, but you can tell when people love you. You can tell when people are only going to do you good. And God is this way. And you and I can grow in him. And people can just look at us with a mask on or what and know, man, they love me. They can leave time with us and go, man, they, they really, they really want my good. They, you just know it. This is what changes the world. This is the great love. And it is God's grace. When he, you have to understand, when he was looking at the lost man because man was oh, they're beyond help and it looks so bleak to God because he'd send man after man and he's sending his people out and time and time again it's failing it's not working it's not working and so finally he sends his son and his son is gone it's only begun son it looks like it's lost and yet God was giving, graciously giving, putting the seed in the ground, which caused creation of Christianity. And more and more like him, what, what kind of people? Graced ones. Ones whom God could empower. Ones whom God could give of his ability. Family of his own. Ones that could be trusted and ones who could embody his ability. Us, ones like us, oh my, 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 there's none greater, hallelujah. We are God's best and he has empowered us and greatly graced us and it doesn't get any greater than love himself pouring into us and coming on us. And empowering us to be this light in the darkness where every crooked thing in this earth cowers at our very presence. <laughs> oh my. Praise God. Verse 12. Let me get to it. And, and the Lord said, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. He, again, he's talking to church people. 
He's talking to Christians. And toward all men. You see, that comes next. Even as we do toward you. Hallelujah. We're to abound in this love. Now let's look at Ephesians 3, verse 14. Thank you, Father. Ephesians 3, verse 14. And we're going to look through verses uh, 19. 14 through 19, Ephesians 3. And it says here, For this cause, now Paul, by the Spirit of God, is praying for the church. And he's writing this to the church at Ephesus. And he's saying, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, of whom the whole family, hear that, in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might, by what? By His Spirit. In the inner man. It doesn't matter how you feel out here. It's not about what's out here. It's about what's inside you. It's about the work that's been done inside. And you can't touch that spirit thing that's been done. No. It's like when, when a child is present in the womb, right from conception, you can't touch and know it's there. Most time you don't know it till months later. But that that creation existed the whole time. That's the spirit. It's present. It's alive. Whether you can touch it, feel it or not. Hallelujah. And it's his spirit in us that recreates, makes brand new. It's God who is love. His Spirit coming in us and coming on us. This is great grace toward us. And you don't want to go outside your house without Him. Trust me, in this dark world, you want to take Him with you everywhere you go. You don't want to, you don't want to leave love behind. Leave love at the house. No, don't leave it in the car when you're going to go into Walmart. Take love with you. This is why he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We need love with us all the time. All the time. And he says here, thank you, Father. So to be strengthened, how are you going to be strong? It's by his spirit in the inner man. And it continues in the 17th verse, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That's your spirit. By faith. So again, it's by trust. It's not by what you see or what, how you feel. You can feel so far from that and know assuredly, the Spirit of God's in me. Because He is, I'm strong. Because He is, love is in me. Love is working. Love is active. And as I go, love will be demonstrated because He's in me. His Spirit is on me. I don't care how I feel. I have love Himself in me. And this is what occurs when we know this and we hold fast to this truth and we trust God in it. It continues and says that we, it says that you being what? Rooted and grounded in love. Oh my. I think about the, the part that I know 
when I think about trees that are rooted and grounded, I'm thinking about over in California, you see these redwoods. And you see these trees, they're so big, you could actually drive a vehicle underneath, right? They have like a disbursement by the roots. And you can drive right underneath this thing, right through. This is, you have to understand, all of this earth's creation was spoken into existence by love himself who is in us and on us. And we're rooted and grounded inside. That's how strong we are. That's what's working in us and through us. And if, just think about those redwoods, how far do those roots go? How, how wide and broad? How long? How deep? How far do they go? And yet that's just a natural thing spoken into existence by the supernatural God who is love. Oh my, who's living in us. Let's continue reading. You'll see it. It says that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. All the fullness of God who is love. You and I are wall-to-wall God when we receive Him. We are so completely filled of love. And it's not something we worked to achieve. It is a work of grace. It's a gift given by God who is love Himself. The only way He knew that this world would change is by love. We find this in John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And when He gave that gift, He deposited into us this ability to do like Him in this earth. How can we be laborers together with Him? Because we have Him with us. This great grace of love. Can you see this? Now, let's, let's just look back. Because Paul, by the Spirit of God, said, Don't receive this grace of love to no use. Christians, this is sobering, but it's possible for us to have received the love, received God Himself, and be filled with all of His fullness, and don't do a thing with it. We can receive that great grace to absolutely no use. And it comes back down to, how much of God do we want in our life? Do we want enough that we're willing to share Him with the co-worker? That we're willing to share Him at the, at the supermarket? We're willing to pray for those when they're hard? Do we want that much of God? That it doesn't matter. We're going to let love flow. We're going to let grace go to work. And God who is love, who is in us, in all of His fullness, is going to be allowed to work out. Hallelujah. This is why great grace is upon us. And we'll find, we'll find that as we start entering in by simple willingness and obedience, that there will be an empowering ability that comes over us. The love of God will constrain us and will lead us in a way. And we'll look back, we'll go, what happened? 
something got on me. Something came over. Have you ever heard that? Someone said, something came over me. I don't know why I said all that. I don't know why. Something came over me. Great grace is on us to love, to allow God to work in our places. Hallelujah. It's a witness to Him. When people look back and they go, man, no one's loved me like that. No one, I could just sense, I can just know there's love. <laughs> I've known people that they're not, you know, they weren't very grown up in the things of God, but they had just bought a house. And the people that were living there, they had gone to live in like a nursing home or living facility. And, and I remember talking with, with him and he said, we just felt love in this house. He, he, we felt it. This is more spiritual than people realize, where you can sense the spirit of love himself inside of a place. And this great grace is on us to leave that kind of essence everywhere we go. People go to the supermarket, they're like, man, what happened? This place was like all hell last week. What happened is different today? Because we showed up. We had to grab our groceries and we just blessed people as we were there. And great grace was upon us to work wonderfully in that place. This, oh man, I know we're running close on time. The scriptures say that we love because He first loved us. And, you know, we can be born into God and not really know Him. But we can grow up and we can get to know more and more of what pleases love, what God likes, and what he, how He responds. And this is no different than a child learning this natural realm. We can grow to know Him. And I invite you to that. It's a life like none other. And I say this, the more you and I trust in His love for us, the more you and I will be useful in loving others. Because there will be this present hindrance in not putting this grace to work. And it is a hindrance to faith. It's a hindrance to continuing to trust God because if He's dealing with us, hey, I've given you this grace and we do nothing with it, then we don't qualify to do something else. And He's looking at this to determine whether we can handle anymore. So, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I speak this to you now. It doesn't matter so much as to what you have done. Right now you can make it right. God's love for you is so great. And maybe you do know His love. Maybe you have. I encourage you. You don't know His love for you like you can. I don't know His love for me like I can. You and I can abound in this love. We can learn and we can grow more and more. I invite you to come with me because I endeavor to see it more. And I know I will in these days. I'm going to know His love for me so great. There's been a price so greatly paid. And you and I, as we trust and rely on this love and know that love Himself loves us, we will be the most lovely people in this earth. And you want to find what's going to bring Jesus to come back sooner than anything? Show this world who love is.
and they will come to him, those who are drawn to him. And it won't be long. And Jesus is going to come on back and we're going to meet him in the sky and we're going to live with him forever. And if you don't know confidently that you're part of that group, then right now, make the decision. Allow him to have his way in your life. Love wants to have time with you and do life together with you. Receive him now. Receive him now. Praise you, Father. Well, that's all our time for this message, my friends. If you are not partnering with this ministry, we invite you, consider it with the Lord, whether He'd allow you to partner with this ministry and allow this gospel to go forth across the earth. We're so thankful. It's because of you partners that we can do what we do by the Lord's working through you. We love you, we bless you, and we will see you soon. Thank you.